You're listening to the Centre Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message recorded live from our Burgess Hill campus. A couple of years ago, if you were here, you might remember, then again you might not. One of my favourite verses ever, I think, in in, in Scripture, uh, and one that... um, I've got engraved on a little plaque which sits in front of my, um, my desk in, in the office at home, and which I see every morning and all the time when I'm working there. It's um, Romans 15, 13. You don't necessarily need to look it up. It's not necessarily where we're going today, but this gives you an idea of a flavor of it. It goes like this. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. The God of hope that we may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So hope is something that really is quite significant to me, and it's something that I always uh, have, if you like, at the back of my mind, and it's always percolating. The other thing that is really uh, important to me, and something I've explored for years and years, and uh, hey, I'm still on the road of it myself, is transformation. The idea that we get changed, and we get changed by Christ working in us. It's something that I don't quite get. It's something I'm still having happened to me, and I'm certainly not where I should be on that journey. But that is also always at the back of my mind. So you can imagine then, as I was reading a few weeks ago, because when it comes and somebody says, would you, would you speak? You, I don't know about you, but I look back over what God's been speaking to me about, and then I think, well, I can share something from that. Sounds like a good plan, eh? Yeah? Okay. And so you could look to this one if you like. This is Romans 5, and starting at verse 1. It says, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance, character, and character, hope. Now, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who is given to us. And as I read that, the bit that jumped out to me was this idea that we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. We rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And I thought, oh, that's unusual. What does that mean? What, and I, I wrote down in my little journal, what is the hope of the glory of God? And then I wrote another quick note. The glory of God, what is it? And, and I jotted down some things. So, interaction this morning, because that makes the time that I have to speak shorter. Um, <laughs> it's a good idea, isn't it? Um, what would you No, seriously, it's good to get some interaction. What would you say was the glory of God? Any thoughts? Think up the balcony, because I'll ask you last. any thoughts his presence okay the presence of god is the glory of god that's that's an idea let's hold that idea i like this we're putting hands up his his majesty and power okay you said something else sorry in heaven coming down to earth okay so his majesty and power as it's fully seen in heaven not necessarily as it yet is in earth okay okay so we've had the middle and the side. This side? 
Okay, so that, that, that's great, Tony. So Tony was just sharing there about the glory of God being a wonderful thing and a terrifying thing at the same time. The Shekinah glory, the glory that fell upon the temple when Solomon dedicated the temple, the glory fell upon the temple. And what happened? The priests fell back. They couldn't stand in the glory because it was so amazing, that, that presence of God in that place. If we ro roll forward New Testament in the Gospels, we've got Jesus. Jesus, as he's being betrayed, those that are, are coming to arrest him come to him and they say, we, we need to arrest Jesus. And he says, I am. That's his claim. That's saying he is God. And at that moment, the glory is so heavy on him that what happens to those that are coming to arrest him? They all fall back. Yeah? And then, yes, the Holy Spirit, and as the Holy Spirit comes in, the glory of the Holy Spirit working in the New Testament, in, in the book of Acts, as the Holy Spirit falls and changes everybody, makes such a big difference. And then we see, roll forward even further into Revelation, and in Revelation we see Jesus portrayed as glorified, as one radiant and as one full of power and glory. I, I put down three things. The manifestation of his goodness, his presence, and his awe-inspiring nature. Because Moses, when Moses asked God, let me see your glory, God said, ah, I'll let my goodness pass by you. Because that, in essence, is God's glory, his goodness. And we know it's his goodness and his kindness that lead to repentance. And there's a, a lot all there just in that phrase. So I've jotted down the manifestation of his goodness, his presence, which we had, and his awe-inspiring nature in a tangible way. The creator God, the amazing God, the God who made all things, the God who put you and me together, that's the sort of God that we're worshipping and that we seek to see his glory of. So the, the knowledge, so the glory of God. So bearing in mind, what is the hope of the glory of God? The glory of God is the manifestation of his goodness, his presence, and his awe-inspiring nature in a tangible way. And then I jotted down, the knowledge of the glory of God will be evident throughout the earth. Scripture says that, doesn't it? The, it's destined to fill the earth. Habakkuk 2.14 For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. So how will the knowledge of the glory of the Lord cover the earth? How is that going to happen? How do we think that's going to happen? It's not rhetorical. Master should ask any question. How do we think that's going to happen? Any ideas? How is the knowledge of the glory of God going to cover the earth? How will the earth know about the knowledge of the glory of God? If we preach the gospel, is certainly one of those things. Yes, anything else? Signs and wonders. I don't know who said that over there. Andy, thank you. Um, signs and wonders, yeah. And, and something even more basic. Excellent. That's great. We're getting a bit further on. We're doing a good Bible study here today, aren't we? Indeed, that was Hebrews 1. And in Hebrews 1, it does say that Jesus is the exact representation and that he himself exhibits, shows, and is God's glory. We read in John 1.14 that actually we have looked him in Jesus in the face, so, so John says, and we have seen the glory of God. We've seen his glory. And we know, don't we, that you and I are empowered, filled with the Holy Spirit. We have him inside us. Therefore, we also have his glory. That's where I'm going today. Something of those lines. Okay, that was a bit of an introduction. Let me dig into this. Let me see if we can go through it. Um, I'm trying to teach something, and I hope you get it, because at the end of the day, it's a little bit in our heads, but we need to sink not just into our hearts today, but actually a little bit deeper into our very beings, because actually it's something that will hopefully transform us if we really get it and start working through. So let's just pray, and let's get into this. And I've got a timer. That's good.
Okay, great. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy and your grace. Lord, your grace that has released to us that amazing potential for us to have the hope of glory in our lives, that we may have you in our lives. Holy Spirit, we ask that you will energize us internally today, that our, our, our inner man, our inner person, our, our, our spirit itself will hear you and hear what you have to say, that you'll encourage us and that you'll lift us up, that we will be transformed as you continue to work through us, that we will become all that you would want us to be and that your glory will be seen in our lives, in, through, and around us, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, so I wanted to do three points, because it's always good to have three points, isn't it? Um, the first one, Jesus shows the Father's glory. The second one is that we bring change. No, the second, Jesus shows the Father's glory. Where's my second one? We were made for glory, and we bring change through the hope of glory. Okay? So, Jesus shows the Father's glory. John 1.14, we've said that. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And then Hebrews 1.3, the Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being. So Jesus came to represent the Father, to show to the world what the Father looked like. Yes? Okay. He came to present that glory, the glory of the Father, to the world. In 2 Corinthians, we read, Paul says that the gospel that he preached was the gospel of the glory of Christ. So this word glory has got within it that whole idea of power, of enablement, of being totally in God, being full of God, and being all that God would want Jesus and us to be. Okay. But the question, and, and if you think about it, we were created in his image. Remember that in Genesis. God made man, made woman, and created them in his image. Yes? Okay. So if we're in his image, then in a sense we should be full of his glory because he is full of glory. Does that make sense? Okay. It also says, a bit further on in Romans, that he has made us vessels of mercy so that we could take his glory. So it's something we're supposed to have. It says in Romans 3.23, anybody want to quote to me? Romans 3.23, one of the first verses that we hear often before we become a Christian. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We know that that's a negative and that's, that's the way of the, the world is. But why is that an issue? Because we were all created to live in his glory and to be his glory, and we have fallen short of it. That's why it's an issue. Because it's an issue, we need Jesus to change that around and make it so that we can now be filled with his glory. So if we fall short, it must have been possible, or it must be possible in God's eyes to be filled with. If we fall short, it's because we should be in that place. Do you see what I'm saying? I, I, I'm, I'm sharing this with you because I'm grappling with it myself because it's like, really? Really? I can't quite get this. I can't quite get it into my system. And so I'm sharing with it, and let's try and figure it out together. I hope you're okay with me doing that. So, Colossians 1.27 says it this way, To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, 
the hope of glory. It's the only other place that it mentions the hope of glory. Christ in you, Christ in me. Wow. So we're meant to have, we've made in such a way that we should have received the glory. We should be vessels that contain the glory of God. God wants us to have that glory and sent his son so with all of his glory so that we could receive it. And then we now, if we believe, have revealed to us the glorious riches of that mystery. What mystery? Well, that is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in me, the hope of glory. So if Christ is in me, that's why I say I want it deep down inside all of us today. If he's in me, then I have the hope of glory in me. Oh, okay. I really want to work that out and figure out what that means. So, I don't know. Today, do you feel like you've got Christ in you? Yes, some do and some not so sure. Okay, what does that feel like? That's a rhetorical question. Um, you know, that, that's, uh, it's, it's fine in devotionals just to sit and read some of this, this and what the Bible says, but for me, I have to ask, what's that like? God, what's that like? What's it like to, to really know Christ in me? Hmm. And how does that work out in my day-to-day? And when I'm in my business situation and I'm making deals, how does that work out? And when I'm having to deal with a personnel issue, how does that work out? And when I, like this week coming, have to go to, to, um, to, to the Cotswolds, to a memorial service, to a chap who's younger than me, and you go, really? God, what's going on there? Why is he been taken? Why is he gone from this world? When you're asking those questions, What's Christ in me look like? What's Christ in you look like? You can ask your own questions and think about that yourselves. I'm not sure. I'm not sure exactly what it looks like. But what I do know is that it's tied to hope. And it's tied to seeing something of his glory. And I don't know about you, but I want to see something of his glory. So, Jesus came full of the Father's glory. We were made for glory. 1 John 4.17 says, Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Why? Well, because as he, Jesus, is, so are we in this world. As Jesus is, so are we in this world. Now, I don't know about you, let's think about this one again. Lots of us think that maybe we might end up eventually being like Jesus was when he came to the earth. Yes? That's something we think, wow, you lived a perfect life. We really want that. We'd like to be able to live a perfect life like Jesus lived. And that's something we, we, we aspire to and want to attain. But that's not what this says. It says, not because as he was are we in this world, but as he is in his glorified state, as he is in heaven, as he is full of glory, as he is glorified, so are we in this world. Anybody here today feel like Jesus glorified? You know, it's got to really work on that one. Um, My feelings don't always catch up with the reality of the truth of the scriptures. Don't know about you. I love the, the, the Passion Translation. The Passion Translation puts this verse this way. By living in God, love has been brought to its full expression in us so that we may fiercely face the day of judgment because all that Jesus now is, so are we in this world. And the little footnote says, 
The verb tense is important. We are not like Jesus was, but because of grace, what we do is what he's given us. Because of grace, we are like he is now, pure and holy, seated in heaven and glorified. Faith has transferred his righteousness to us. There are some days I don't feel, how did he say? Pure, holy, seated in heaven and glorified. There are some days I get up and that's not how I feel. There are some days I get even halfway through the day and that's not how I feel. There are some days I come home and that's certainly not how I feel. But all of that is still true even though I don't necessarily feel it or experience it. So, back to, to the Romans 5 one, because it says that the hope of glory of God is part of a process. It's not only that we have the hope of the glory of God, but we also glory in tribulations. Glory in tribulations. What? Paul, what are you on about? Glory in tribulations, or some of the translations say sufferings. Really? I don't want to be glorying in sufferings. I don't want suffering. But that's what it says. Oh, okay. Knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. Knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. Ah, so it's part of a process. Okay, now I'm okay with it. And perseverance produces what? Character. And character produces hope. Ah, so now I'm happy with this. Okay, I can have more hope if I go through this process. So there's two aspects to this. There's the first, the declaration that we have the hope within us. And there's the second, that we actually go through a process which builds that hope within us even more. So as I start thinking about what we go through, as I start thinking about what I go through in a day, what maybe you go through in a day, the circumstances we face, the stuff of life that gets thrown at us, the tribulations and hardships that we face, it's as we go through those, that process that we then become persevering. And as we persevere, we gain character. And as we gain character, we gain hope. The hope that does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts how by the Holy Spirit. So it all is circular and it goes back to God because it's his love by his Holy Spirit in us. So that's how we get transformed. It's easy. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. So some folks say, well, but surely what we should be doing is we should be reflecting God's glory. You know, we should be a bit like Moses, who when he came down from the mountain, his face shone and had to put a veil over it because he reflected God's glory. You may have heard that. Have you? Anybody? Yeah, okay. And sometimes we read the New Testament, and the New Testament is translated in such a way that it actually, it's got that overlay on it rather than what the scripture actually says. And in one place, 2 Corinthians 3.18, it says, But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed, metamorphosed, into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. So actually we are being made into that image of Christ by the Holy Spirit working in us. And we are going from glory to glory. The NIV puts it in the way that it's ever-increasing glory. More and more and more of God coming out of us. Deep down, coming out. And it's not like the moon 
that reflects the glory of the sun, if you like, the light of the sun, but it's actually as if we are little pieces of the sun. In the same way, if we think about that, it's not like Moses who reflected the glory of God that he saw. We are actually like little pieces of God living out and experiencing and showing around us the glory in our lives. I put this down, I'll read it and hopefully it makes some sense. The believer is transformed into and through the image of Christ, from one degree of glory to another, from reflecting one level of Christ-likeness to reaching a higher manifestation of his likeness. And all of this through the believer's beholding of Christ and his glory in the spirit-empowered gospel revelation that's open to all who will receive it. It's grace that gives it to us, and if we accept it and truly want it in our lives, we can see ourselves become those that exhibit, show, and give off God's glory. So, all of that to say we can bring change through the hope of glory. So, in my last three and a half minutes, Ephesians 1.18 talks about the riches of his glory, and that's available to us. You and I have all of God's glory in us. We are seated in heavenly places. It's all about identity. We're seated in heavenly places. We are in Christ Jesus. He lives in us. When you were born again, when you became a Christian, when you put your faith in Jesus and received by grace that transformation in your life, where you went from being short of glory to being full of glory, at that point in time, what happened to you? Were you the old you patched up? No? Somebody says no. Good. Hope not. Or were you a completely new you? A completely new you. The scripture says that, that when we believe, we became new creations. The old has gone, the new has come. Outward container stays the same, but the inside has changed. The old has gone and the new has come. We have been born again. We've been made a, you know, this, Paul talks about it, the new man, the new person, the new person inside of me. And it's that new person that Jesus speaks to. It's not the old person that Jesus speaks to. It's the new person that we need to focus on, not the old person. It's not making us better it's living out the newness that we now have. I've said it before, and it's something that comes from Bethel, and they say it a lot. The one who has the most hope has the most influence. The one who has the most hope has the most influence. The one who has the most hope of God's glory, I'd suggest, has even greater influence as our presence impacts the world around us. If we can have not just Hope, because if you think about it, politicians can have hope. But if we have hope of the glory of God and we reflect it, we show it, we exhibit it, we are it in this world, surely that will make a difference. Do you not think? Do you not think that's going to be the most powerful? So it becomes something I think we need to go for, we need to look at, and we need to consider. But particularly here in the UK, we're not very good at one, identity, and two, hopefulness. I don't know if you agree with those of you who are from Britain or those of you who have come to Britain and experienced this, you will know that maybe we do have a tendency towards, say, cynicism, trying to wear cynicism as a badge. It's a badge of honor to be cynical about everything. And also negativity as a pair of boots to trample on 
happiness and success and optimism. And yet we're not supposed to be like that as Christians and we've so easily fall into it. We're to turn that around and to be those that are full of the hope of his glory. Wow. Okay, okay. So that's, that's wonderful. Now, I, I read this quote recently. It was a quote. It was um, in the Sunday Times. It was by uh, Dollar Popat. Dollar Popat is, um, a, uh, was in Uganda where Nidhi Amin uh, threw out all of the, the, uh, those of Indian uh, origin. Uh, he came to the UK at that point in time. He's subsequently been made a, a conservative lord in the House of Lords. He's really embedded himself within our culture um, and within a society, and yet at the same time maintained his own uh, aspects of culture, etc. So let me give you the quote. I'm not making any comment uh, specifically on what he says, but it's more about what it perhaps has to do with us as believers. So he says it this way, if you want to control your destiny within a society, you need to get involved. But sometimes it seems to me those with immigrant heritage seem more interested in promoting their sense of being an outsider. Now, whether you agree with that or not, it's irrelevant. That's not the point I'm making. The point I'm making is, to me, I read that and instantly it spoke to me about us as Christians. Because I read it this way, if you want to control your destiny within a society, you need to get involved. But sometimes it seems to me those with Christ's heritage seem more interested in promoting their sense of being an outsider. We're different. We're not the same as, rather than actually getting involved and making a difference and changing. We are different. We're not the same as. We are an outsider. We are ambassadors of Christ. We are somebody coming from heaven and bringing heaven to earth. But that doesn't mean we shouldn't be involved because as we're involved, the glory of God will be reflected from us into that society around us and will bring about change. Okay, one last quote just to, to finish off with. This is from Bob Mumford. Bob Mumford is a, a, a teacher, um, scriptural teacher. He says this, God's glory is his nature being revealed in us and our lives are to be given to making God's glory known in the earth. As the seed of God's glory begins to grow in us, we experience a change in our center. From me and mine to a passion to see his glory fill the earth. This affects our family, work, and social relationships because our actions are motivated and overflowing with God's nature and person. We don't do what we do because we ought to. We do what we do because it's natural and it comes from who God is. Living within you is the Christ who floods you with the expectation of glory. This mystery of Christ embedded within us becomes a heavenly treasure. It becomes a heavenly treasure and it becomes a treasure chest of hope filled with the riches of glory for his people and God wants everyone to know it. So could I suggest that we need to cultivate a personal culture of positive hope hope of his glory in us, through us, and around us. A determination to remember that we have Christ's glory in us. That's our hope. A determination to look for that glory to be revealed through us. That's other people's hope. And a continuous desire to be hope for the world around us as our lives, actually our lives, preach the gospel of the glory of Christ. How do we do that? We do that just like anything else. I love that Bob Mumford. It's a seed that starts within us and it grows. And as we know, any seed needs cultivated, any seed needs to be looked after, any seed needs to be encouraged 
and need certain things to grow. So I just encourage each one of us to think about it today, think about it tomorrow, think about it the next day. What is this hope of glory that's living in me? The glory of God that is working through me. How can it come out today? God, how can you reveal yourself through me today in all I do, in all I am? Thank you for listening to this week's podcast at Centre Church. One church, passionately loving God and people in Burgess Hill and Brighton. To get the latest news or for any other information, check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk.